short uh so pay attention can you afford uh everyday conversation decision making breakdown point of views of course he say she say see how we play real life issues hit the replay debate in politics what sport you profit with today's world news food for thought so come get a plate pull up All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome y'all to another episode of the Daily Dollar Short Podcast. Your host, Martin. I'm your host, Martin. I'm here with my partner in crime, my co-host, Marlon. What's good, sir? What's good, brother? How are you? Man, uh, another day uh, staying away from people, being antisocial happily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Being COVID-free. Being, uh, you know. Say, COVID-free, and it feels so good. Uh, that part, that part, that part. Social distancing, taking, watching out for my kids, getting them ready to to go back into the school year. Uh, going into fourth and fifth grade, big years, big times, big transitional ages. My older son's gonna be ten, so hitting double digits. Ooh. So puberty, adolescence, all the fun stuff. Still. You know, hey, when you got a, you got a, he's almost five feet tall. So it's it's a fun thing. It's a, it's stressful. Yeah, 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 I got ways to go. My son's about to be two in October, so I got ways to go until right. ten years old and five. But I got I got a while for that. Enjoy but, it. Uh, it goes by quick. I'm trying. I'm trying to. But speaking of school, we are joined by my good brother, Mr. Kendall McManus Thomas, the principal uh, of Andrew on? Wilson Charter School. Brother, what's good? Yes, sir. How's it going? How's it going? How we doing? How we doing? Man, live, hey, man. living, living well, trying to be safe, be smart. You know, just, just trying to make it every day. There we go. There we go. And wear a mask. And wear my mask. I'll be with people. I mean, you go in places and say, wear your, wear your mask. And people still just ignore it. I'm like, come you on, know, people. Like, do I'm going to say this. On your face. Fully I'm going to say this. China and Japan. Been wearing masks for years, and honestly, masks could have helped us back in the day because we always had them people. Brett, that was just strong. <laughs> we could, we should have been on the mask game. Maybe we should have. Yeah, we should have because that would have saved me from smelling some bad breath coming up as a kid. Well, I mean, we can't solve every single problem. <laughs> well, but... I mean, doctor Tishners would have solved it, but you know, not everybody <laughs> bought that work. No, they, they're really not. But uh, to our listeners, um, Kendall, why don't you tell them about yourself a little bit, how you became the principal and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, I'm born and raised uh, in New Orleans, educated in New Orleans, uh, proud graduate of Xavier University of Louisiana as well. Let's go. Always knew I was going to be a teacher, have a great passion and affinity uh, for education. I believe education saves lives. I believe education is a matter of social justice, right? On um, tackling equity, tackling reform. We do it through education. It provides opportunities. So my endeavor was to be the change that I wanted to see in my community uh, specifically. So I became a teacher. Um, and of course, you know, sometimes uh, some things are just innate. And uh, over my career, leadership, oppor- leadership opportunities presented itself. And when those things present itself, you rise to the occasion. And I've uh, been fortunate and blessed to have an opportunity to service 
more families, more students, uh, more members of my community in various leadership roles uh, from uh, the classroom to throughout the entire school building. Man, I love it. I love it. Weren't you, um, before your job now, weren't you the assistant principal um, at Warren Easton? Yes. And yep. uh, how was that? Because uh, that was really, that was, that was your first year um, last year as assistant principal? No, that was, uh, so I spent um, almost uh, 10 years at uh, Warren Easton, amazing, amazing uh, school. I'm a former student of Easton, so uh, absolutely mm -hmm. love going back to my school and servicing uh, my school community. Uh, and, and I spent four years um, as okay. a leader there, three years as an assistant principal. Gotcha. And then how did you become the principal at uh, Andrew Wilson Carter School? And how did that come about? Oh, yeah. So um, opportunity presented itself, applied, uh, went through the process, um, you know, a very intense process uh, to become that school leader, but immensely mm -hmm. proud to be the school leader of such a great school community. Uh, great yeah. staff members, great students, and great, great, great families. That's awesome. You know, it's, we always see kind of like the think pieces and the, the, the op-eds about we need more men in education, we need more Black men in education, and it's, it's a great opportunity us for, to spotlight somebody doing it in, in the community they came from. I know my family has a history with education in the city. My aunt was the president of Xavier Prep for a really long time. Uh, my uncle was actually one of the attorneys dealing with the teachers who were uh, terminated after Katrina. So, and then I have family who is in education in various places. So it's, I've always had a really close relationship with it. I've seen the difference, uh, you know, black men make in a classroom and have an opportunity to give another one a platform to tell us what they're going through, yes. what they're experiencing. It's a great opportunity to me. Definitely, definitely. One that I'm immensely proud and honored uh, to contribute to, and I encourage a lot of, uh, especially uh, men in our community, Teach. teach that's the way to go teach. man that's the way to go yeah absolutely. absolutely absolutely so to get right into it it's been a stressful year year and a half for educators uh i think my as we talked about before my ex-wife is a teacher i have two small kids there and they're they were in third and fourth grade last year they'll be in fourth and fifth grade this year and I did, I did their virtual school for the first half of the year last year. They were fully virtual and it was a nightmare. Now my kids are in New Orleans. My kids are in Cattle Parish and Shreveport. So, so a little different, but I had Marlon and I, we have friends that teach in New Orleans. Uh, you know, so what was it like having to, cause it seemed like a very fast transition into these COVID protocols for the end of one year and now into a whole nother school year. So yeah. what, what has that been like for you as an administrator? So one, um, I think we all realize the amazing power and amazing value of teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. Teachers are really rock stars. They're magicians. They are the all in all. The title is teacher, but if you look at the subcomponents of what they do, right, we all as a world had to experience that just at a glimpse, 
with uh, virtual instruction. So it showed just how amazing our teachers are uh, and how uh, thankless the job is and how it goes well beyond the sphere of what is uh, required and are needed to do. Uh, switching to virtual was definitely an experience, I think, uh, for all of us uh, in education, especially as a school leader, we had to make sure that children had a free and appropriate education. We have to provide them with an education. We cannot afford for our scholars not to have educational opportunities, right? So I am immensely proud of the entire school community at large worldwide because that was a big takeoff, right? Yeah. We had to adapt. We had to change for who our kids. They need access to teaching and learning. They need access to explore the world that they have to live in, right? Uh, and we had to do it in a drop of a dime. Uh, of course, that came with challenges in navigating those structures from access to technology to food security and like there was a lot of logistics behind doing that big takeoff. Uh, but it was definitely a challenge, but it showed the fortitude of our entire community. We adapted. Yeah. We adapted. It wasn't perfect, but we did it, which makes it perfect. Yeah. That's my part. I know, <laughs> I know for me, I think I learned more new software in the summer last year yeah. than I've had to learn in a few years from the different classroom apps to, you know, I having, having my own laptop, having a work laptop, then having two additional Chromebooks to troubleshoot when we weren't having, when it wasn't working. So it's definitely, it, it was definitely experience and seeing teachers from having live and like, like in-person and virtual to having to post stuff on YouTube to Google classrooms and everything else that is. So absolutely teachers deserve the, the entire education system, especially when you're talking about elementary middle school, high school education, and the, the stresses y'all were put under to make something work that had never been done before. Y'all deserve all the respect, accolades, money, everything. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that enough, the whole money Look, look y'all, right. like, And I have to know, this is while experiencing the global pandemic as well. Right, right. right. It's so like experiencing it in your lives yourselves. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I mean, the thing is, what was kind of was kind of cool is, well, at least for me, I definitely gained more respect for teachers. And when COVID first hit, people were talking about how you know we appreciate you know doctors and nurses. Yeah, we we should appreciate that. But damn, the teachers really put in that work. I mean, yeah. you're in these cl these classrooms with these these little kids, and you catch COVID. It's like you kind of asked out. You have to be you know manage everything from all day to every day i was like damn i'm not getting paid extra for that it was yeah i definitely gave a new respect for teachers man i really did y'all do it because y'all love it most of y'all i say that a lot of y'all you can see who really loved education by the amount of effort and working time that was put into a lot of these kids yeah and a lot of the to make this thing happen definitely so with that being said uh Right now, the big push is for people to mask up, people to be vaccinated, people to take appropriate precautions. Uh, with your position in, in the school you're in, how are, how are you, what message are you getting out specifically? Because we definitely want to share that. 
and then what is the what is the best way that people can be can people support your efforts to yeah. do what you're trying to do so that y'all can have not just education happen but we know that a lot of students suffered from a lot of things when it came to virtual classrooms. They weren't able to get the type of education they're used to. A lot of kids weren't able to achieve what they had probably been used to achieving because of the distance learning situation. So what can people do to help support educators and administration so that we can get kids back in classrooms and learning and achieving and being successful? Yeah, the biggest thing, the biggest, the biggest thing, our shot against this pandemic is the vaccine. Agreed. Let's get vaccinated. We must get vaccinated. We need our children, our scholars in school. The best way to protect our scholars, to protect education, to protect our community at large, get vaccinated. Look at, look at the science, look at the numbers, right? The cases now, the cases that are on the rise now, predominantly, unvaccinated right and the biggest thing that i can push is the adults right the decisions that we make as adults that influence what happens to our children right our children do not you know they were their reflections of our decisions right so we must make the right proper decisions i have to make a decision each and every morning to ensure that we're moving into the, uh, we're moving forward to the vision and expectations of the school. I have to make a decision to make sure that I'm looking and focusing on instruction, that we have an environment. I have to make that decision. We have to make the decision that we're nourishing our children. We have to make the decision that our uh, children are mentally well, right? When we don't decide to do things that are responsible, that are irresponsible, not only we can live with our decisions, we, we can navigate our world with our decisions, our children though. So one, the biggest thing, vaccinations. Vaccinations, vaccinations, vaccinations. That is a blanket of security and decreases the exposure of children, right? They are around adults. So the more we have of, uh, uh, of adults and those who are age appropriate to get vaccinated, get vaccinated and practice the regular COVID safety guidelines, wearing a mask. Hey, you know, when we're out and about, wear your mask. I know we have our friends, our families, our loved ones and, and the like. They may not know that they may have been exposed and you may not know that you're uh, exposed. So we must practice uh, those things by wearing our masks properly, you know, limiting the large groups that we are around, especially as we're seeing a surge in the Delta variant. We just, we must be responsible and we must, 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 must push our children to be responsible as well. And today they had um, a school board meeting in Baton Rouge where they were anti-mask anti protesters for the school. And it's like, they are doing the opposite of what you're trying to promote, which is very irresponsible. They want these students, these kids to go to classrooms without wearing a mask. Like, y'all understand that a virus is, Oh, this is this is something that's deadly. Like, why would you expose your own children to be exposed to something like this? That's why I was just so frustrated to see that. Did you happen to see that by any chance? That's a amazing question. I did see it, and we have to think as a state, as a state of Louisiana, and we're seeing in our own backyard, right? 
the increase in cases. And we have to look at what happened last year when on when the uh, pandemic first started, Louisiana, we were uptick first, right? We have to ask ourselves as a state, right? And look at the response in New Orleans versus throughout the state. And what was the approach compared to New Orleans and the rest of the state? And we have to look at what was the approach? What was what was the reflections in the data? What happened? What increased, what decreased? Absolutely. And that will tell you clearly what we need to do. Absolutely. I know as a parent, uh, as someone who tries to be as involved as possible with my kids and their education and their school and trying to be as supportive of, of, as possible of the educators who are making this all happen, we, like you said, we have to be smart about what we do. And we have to not only think about ourselves, but our community around us. I know just me personally growing up in a city, I remember the kids I went to school with who had like health issues. Like I remember the kids I went to school with who, who used to have to go to the nurse's office once or twice a day because they had to take medication. I remember one, in one instance, a, a girl I went to elementary school with, she, had, she was diabetic. We was in like fourth or fifth grade. She was diabetic. She used to have to go to the nurse's, nurse's office to get her orange juice to do, I think she was on insulin. And like, that was what she had to do. Like get a sugar, get a sugar check twice a day. And it's like, there are hundreds of thousands of kids, if not millions of kid, kids across the country that we have to think about outside of our own. Like for me, as a parent, I'm making it fun. Like I'm ordering my kids like anime masks and stuff like that, that they that they're gonna want to wear. Because it's not about my kids. Thankfully, my kids are super healthy. They're they're super active. They being inside drives them a little stir crazy, but I don't have any major health issues to worry about as a parent when it comes to them. But I know if one of them gets exposed, they could expose somebody else. So, like you said, just being smart about it, putting putting myself and my kids in a position to where they're safe, but they're also safe for other people. Because I think we need to, as a collective, we need to not think about ourselves so much and think about how what we do and how our decisions impact other people. And I think we would be a lot further along if we did it that way. I fully and totally agree. And I think that goes to the social responsibility. Absolutely. We're not only responsible for our, ourselves, we're responsible for each other. Uh, so I know with now we're seeing a surge in the Delta variant, how as an educator and administrator, how are y'all getting prepared with like professional development and things like that for, for teachers? Like, how are y'all, you know, advising your teachers about what to do and how to do, how, how are things changing from, I guess, what we thought we were going to see a couple months ago to where we are now? Yeah. And again, it's a pivot. It's, it's definitely a pivot in, you know, across our entire nation, in our entire world, right? right. Uh, just the human nature to adapt, right? right. Meet the challenges and rise to them. Um, as educators, our number one priority, our number one job is to ensure the health and safety of the most precious gift that has right. been bestowed upon us, our children, right? So that's right. our number one priority before we can get into teaching and learning, before we can get into culture and anything else in mm -hmm. extracurricular activity, we must ensure that. 
Uh, so what we have been uh, doing to ensure that is looking at every protocol from coming into the building, transitioning uh, uh, to different classes, right? Those things must be revisited to ensure that we have the safety measures in place. So as we saw the uptick in the Delta variant, we were excited to be back, but we had to pause. Hit that pause button. Yes, we wanted to do this, but until we see those numbers go down, we're gonna get more stringent with those protocols, right? Ensuring that we have the sanitizing, ensuring that we have the mask, ensuring that we have the distancing, ensuring that we have the right teaching moves and the student engagement moves where it limits the exposure. Having those static groups, having those different measures in place to ensure that one, the students have a model of how to protect themselves. Kids respond to structures, right? Yes. Okay. Right? Like with your intro, there are different structures you have at home. And once they get use of the structure, and what we've seen when we pivoted back to some of those strict uh, structures and re-implementing uh, those things, they knew that. Right? Mass up, they already, we already they seen They adapt quick. Kids are this very is, resilient. They adapt very yeah. quickly. Yep. And because they're seeing it, because we're yeah. seeing it, right? So at home, if we're saying, hey, Make sure you wash your hands every opportunity you have at school. Make sure you're sanitizing your hands. We're saying the same thing. So the messaging that we say in school and at home must be the same around health. And I wish we were doing this well before COVID. Think about every flu season we've had where oh, we our young scholars, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, to yeah. me, man, you, you do, you're doing a great job, man. Just the way you're talking about how you want to lead these, these your staff, your students. I mean, to me, like you're on the right track, but I'm really proud of you. I can say this: it is, it is totally just our parents, our parents. You know, our, our young people are ready. You know, they're prepared. You can tell that those conversations are happening at home. Our teachers are amazing. They are leading. Uh, those things with uh, those uh, young people and the staff and the community around them. I'm just blessed to support them. <laughs> right, I'm there just, you go. I'm just blessed to support them, Doc. Man, that's, that's dope, man, because uh, you would think that it would be so difficult of what you to do on a day-to-day basis, but it seems to me you have a well-oiled machine that it just basically just runs itself. Well, we have to be very intentional, you know, all day throughout the day my eye is laser focused on health and safety and i look for 100 percent. i say that to parents students staff members everyone 100 percent. there's no room for error with this if i walk down the hall i want to see 100 percent mass on completely not 99 percent. that one percent may be exposed or may what? uh expose someone so no we want to see 100 we want to see 100 percent when we're coming into school transition and up uh, this says in the like 100%, I wanna see 100% of guys washing their hands after um, uh, coming in. That is 100%, there is no room for error. Yeah, didn't that one country like shut down after, after one case, something like so, that? So one, yes, that's the country of New Zealand. I follow it very closely because that's probably gonna where, where I'm gonna retire one day. <laughs> well, uh, you may be, you reconsider brother, maybe reconsider that one. <laughs> no, no, look, I'm gonna tell you right now, their president, it, she is a beast. They had one case, possible Delta variant, and she put the country on a 72-hour lockdown because the guy had traveled to a number of different places and had even crossed some borders. So Damn. you have to understand that the country of New Zealand is like 
first or second as far as like lowest cases, lowest death rates, like lowest infection rates. Like they shut it all down. They listened to the doctors from day one and they're sitting pretty with like less than 2000 cases, period. Like it's ridiculous. They, they took all the steps. So yeah, she shut the country down, but guess what? Her people ain't dying. Her people ain't getting sick. She's doing everything a leader should do to take care of her people first. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I would say discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. Not at all. You can be enthusiastically disciplined. Yep. If you've ever seen it. Major Pain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix now. It's hey, it Netflix. is. Yeah, I was so happy yeah. about that. Yeah. So, I got to watch it. Yeah, so... How, how are you dealing with COVID? You, you, and I think a lot of times when we focus on the educator side of it, the administrator side of it, we lose sight of the people that's just dealing with it. Like, and I know I'm sure you've had conversations with your, with your staff, your teachers who have dealt with the frustrations of just being, being a person inside this machine as it moves, you know, and how, how are you dealing with it? And how, as an administrator, are you like supporting your people going through this? Yeah, I think in education, uh, in a lot of uh, fields, um, uh, specifically education, you are naturally selfless, yeah. right? And you know you want to ensure the health, well-being, safety, advancement, and growth of the people you serve, children, right? Right. Um, the biggest push that I have is that we must be well. We must be well. You know, we must be safe in our practices. You know, we must make sure that we're monitoring our health, both physically, mentally, emotionally, socially. Yeah. We cannot feel from an empty cup. So I right. think COVID has taught us a lot of that. Uh, me as a leader, I've grown in my leadership uh, by focusing in late and being, uh, having keen eyes on that, right? Because you give so much of yourself to education. Like you said, that machine that keeps going. So the biggest thing for me has been, uh, that is a priority for everyone, all stakeholders. We must have that focus. Yeah, you're all mapped out, huh? <laughs> like, oh, just, it's been like, real. It's, it's, and I, I'll tell you, I. I, it was a, I caught uh, the virus. I had the virus right when we first transitioned and uh, it was nothing nice. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And it was a wake up call for me to prioritize my health, make sure that I am limiting uh, any other health uh, impairments that could make that virus uh, worse. And, you know, just the overdrive, overdrive, overdrive. Yes, love what we do. I love what I do. I love to serve. Uh, but you have to make sure that you're well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, me too. I got the virus a couple weeks ago. I was like, damn, I was just on nobody. Like, it was, I mean, I was very thankful I got vaccinated. It probably helped out with the symptoms and all that. But at the same time, it was just like me being, you know, not feeling that well. Just, it was, it sucked. It really did. I wish that on nobody. So, yeah, I know exactly what you went through. No, Martin had COVID as well. I mean, it's yeah. not nice. Absolutely awful. It is absolutely awful. And I, I pray for our entire community, especially our families and our uh, kids. I don't want any of them to experience that. Um, 
It's just awful. I know I, uh, a friend of mine, she had it, her kids had it. And thankfully everyone came out on the other side okay. But I know that thinking about it personally, I have a family member very close right now that has, and they're, they're quarantining, they're self-isolating. And it's not a great space to be in. So yeah, we, we need to definitely be considerate of kids in this situation and do all that we can to make sure everybody comes out of it. And another thing I'm gonna add to that, doing what we can, um, another big message I've been pushing is, if you are sick, mm-hmm. if you are sick, don't take it for granted, get right. tested. Right. Make yes. sure typical cough may not be a typical cough. Right. Right. And if you test positive, keep it, keep our kids at home too. Right. Do not send your uh, child to school if you are sick or if they are sick. Right. Uh, We want them to be well. We want them to recover. So they have to properly quarantine, take care of themselves, get well. And we don't want to increase that exposure. Uh, but get tested. Don't if you feel, hey, you're coughing. A cough today is not. Uh, it may not be a regular cough. So right. get, get tested and stay home if you are not feeling well. And, I and know they're one, free. Tests are free. Get them free. They're, I mean, absolutely, they're gonna hurt you. Absolutely, you can go to any CVS, any Walgreens. Whether you have insurance or not, it doesn't cost you anything out of pocket unless you go buy another test. Uh, I know I was sick a couple weeks ago, and thankfully it was just an upper respiratory infection. It wasn't COVID. I mean, upper respiratory infection sucks, but it's not COVID. Ain't COVID. You know, look, Theraflu, antibiotics, and I was on an up and up a week later. So thankfully, that's not what it is. But I think one thing that I've seen and one thing that I kind of want to say to everyone listening is don't be afraid to communicate like I feel like if you get sick or you test positive it's almost like people put a scarlet letter on you which may be kind of like a dramatic reference but you know if you have COVID you know it's like they treat you like a vampire like you gotta you gotta slink back into a cave or something but the reality is you know you can be supported from away, from far away. You people will support you from a distance. I know when I was had COVID last year, I had people like bring stuff and drop stuff off on my door. Like communities rally around people, uh, especially when they know what's going on. So I think the worst thing you could do is if you are sick or if you are not well, to not say anything because you put other people at risk. So I would urge anyone listening to understand it, to communicate, to let people know what's going on. Uh, Transparency is one of the things, the biggest things we could do as a community to keep everyone safe. It's like, you're speaking to me, (laughs) because honestly, my first test of positive, I'm not gonna lie to you, at a split second saying, you know what, I'm this to myself because I didn't want to take off of work, I wanted to work, you know, pay these bills that I got, but I was like, you know what, I got a wife, I have a son, I'm not going to major anybody else. So what I did, as soon as I left uh, the doctor's office, I went straight to my house, into my lower room, and I told, I told April, that's positive. So 
you get tested, the baby get tested, do all of this stuff. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stay quarantined for mm-hmm. 10 days. And then whatever happens, happens. But as far as the market about support thing, I got a lot of support. I appreciate everybody helping me out with that. But yeah, it's really important. Don't endanger anybody else. If you have, you test positive, get your ass in quarantine. Don't go out and about, you know, go to the store, or go here, go there. No, get your ass in quarantine. Hear your relatives, your family, friends. Hey, I'm, I'm in quarantine. Keep dropping some stuff to my house. Right. Keep moving. Look, Instacart and DoorDash were my friend while I was in quarantine. <laughs> I got I got yeah. everything I, I got everything I needed one way or another plus friends and family dropping stuff off occasionally, so yes. you know like I like I said that that's one that's my biggest message, you know transparency communication let people know what's going on because you can be supported I know last year I I think my my kids' teachers got tired of hearing from me because <laughs> every time we had an issue I was on an email. Or we were on a call, or how do we do this? Or this isn't working, or I don't have a password for this. So, you know, it, it now I think that's right now the best thing we could do in any situation. Just do your part. That's it. We're gonna do our part. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. But brother, thank you again for coming to the podcast. It means a lot. It's really good to hear your perspective of what's been going on with COVID, how it's, how you've been, you know, leading your staff, leading your students to safety and to education. So, brother, again, appreciate it and keep up the good work, man. You're really doing a great job. Absolutely. So much for the opportunity and thank you all for uplifting something so important for our community and pushing for the safety of our community as well. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Not all right. a problem, man. So, with that one, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank y'all. We want to thank, excuse me, brothers, Kendall McManus Thomas. I got to say the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> for coming on with us and joining us and sharing his perspectives and what he's going through as an administrator and you know just a black man in education who's making a difference and not not just a community but his community absolutely so thank you again sir and ladies and gentlemen that's another episode of daily dollar show podcast and we are out peace And that's another episode. Give us a like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Daily Dollar Show Podcast. And listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more.